Hi, everyone. I'm Andrew. And I'm Michael. And this is the Endurance Innovation Podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Endurance Innovation. I am flying solo today. Um, we had a, a bit of a last-minute scheduling snafu. Uh, <laughs> I guess legitimately called in sick, uh, and it's someone that we're we're keen to have on, and uh, we are rescheduling. But uh, in the meantime, not to leave you folks hanging, and to uh, put out an episode out there for this week, uh, I'm just going to do a really short one today. And basically, this is a, a Q&A, really just one Q and uh, a bit of a rambling A, and then just something that i it's been at the back of my mind that's totally unrelated to the Q&A, and that's all I'm going to cover today. Uh, and then next week, we'll have a, a full episode for you. So the Q&A question for today is uh, kind of a familiar one. I know Andrew and I have covered it uh, at least a couple of times that I can think of, and it's one that keeps coming up. Um, and the reason it keeps coming up is, spoiler alert, I don't think there's an answer to <laughs> to this Q that is, uh, that is uh, you know, kind of like the, uh, the nail in the coffin. Uh, it's one of those it depends. And uh, the question is, uh, if you're a triathlete or a time trialist and you're doing the bike leg, uh, at what point do you leave your arrow position and sit up and at what point meaning uh, how steep does a gradient need to be for you, for it to be more advantageous for you to sit up uh, versus being on your skis um, this uh, came to the fore again uh, a listener um, and a uh, someone who follows us on Instagram by the name of Bertrand um, tagged us in a post that he shared uh, from Aerolab, who of course were a past guest on the show and all around uh, great dudes. Um, they had a, an Instagram post just on this very topic, which I'll link to, where they uh, crunched the numbers and they showed us how much power we lose by sitting up. So they were looking at the aerodynamic side of things and the rolling resistance side of things versus the gain in uh, potential energy when you're climbing. And uh, as you can imagine, the, the the steeper the grade and the slower you go, they they used a constant watt model. Um, the the less of a penalty there is to sitting up, but the pen, the penalty remains. And I mean, this is uh, if you think about it, this is kind of uh, this is obvious, right? So if as long as you're moving forward, sitting up and being less aerodynamic than being in the aero position uh, and being more aerodynamic has some non-zero cost. So of course, as you slow down, as you you know, as your speed approaches zero, that that cost becomes smaller and smaller, and the the power required to actually drive you up the hill to increase your potential energy, as it were, that goes up and up and up. So at what, where is this crossover point? Um, this magical, you know, I'm looking at my Garmin. It says 17.4 kilometers an hour. This is when I should sit up, um, and I will make the argument that there is no magical crossover point because we're all different. So um, the the math that Aerolab did, I think uh, I didn't check their work. I have no doubt that it's uh, it's accurate. I have no reason to suspect it's not. Um, and uh, but I think they only looked at one side of the equation, and that is the you know the aerodynamic hit that you take from uh, from sitting up. But of course, there's also the biomechanical advantage of sitting up. Now, this is much, much harder to quantify than the aerodynamic hit. Um, the reason for this is that we're all, you know, beautiful snowflakes uh, and we're all very different and our our training state is very different and our comfort in the aero position is very different. I've seen people who lose close to 10% 
of um, off, let's say, their FTP wattage in aero versus sitting up, I would lump those people into the not super well adapted to their aero position or having a just a poor aero position in terms of biomechanics. Um, and then I've known people that were actually more comfortable in the aero position than sitting up, which I would say is probably the better place to be. I mean, you want to be comfortable, you know, sitting up as well because you you that is a position you need access to but uh um you know the the life of a triathlete and time trialist is definitely spent on the skis so you want to be at least as close to as comfortable in that position as as you are when you are sitting up so um the the takeaway is that there is no without knowing exactly how much power you lose when you go into that aero tuck, it's impossible to make this kind of blanket determination and say, oh, everyone is going to be, you know, X watts more or X percentage more efficient. And therefore your crossover point is going to be over here. So you should sit up when you're at 15 kilometers an hour, 20 kilometers, 25 kilometers an hour, whatever the case may be. As a rough, rough ballpark, I will listeners leave you with something. The, the number that I've heard kicked around quite a bit is somewhere in the um, in the f- for for people with a pretty good aerodynamic position, somewhere in the you know 17, 18, 20 kilometer an hour range. If you're above 20 kilometers an hour, I think it's a safe bet you should be in that aero position. Um, if you're kind of l- slower than that, you can uh, you you can probably. You can afford to take the hit and sit up. Um, if you're somebody who is super duper comfortable in aero, you can probably cl- do a lot more. You may even be able to go down to like 15 kilometers an hour and climb an aero. Um, I've known people to do full iron distances with, in fairly technical terrain and be, you know, be on the skis as it were the whole time, pretty much, other than grabbing bottles, um, and which is pretty cool. But for the majority of us, I think there is that break. It, there is that point somewhere, and. Um, there must be something said too about changing positions, uh, especially if you're doing long course and if you are rock solid in that arrow position, it, it is tough on um, the posterior chain and the lower back as well. Uh, and so there's something to be said for taking very short, um, deliberate breaks from the position to sit up, to stretch a little bit. Maybe it's when you're grabbing a bottle. Uh, maybe it's just you have a timer that goes off. That's every X minutes you, you do this. Um, you do take the small arrow hit, but it's only over a very short duration. And this is, of course, has nothing to do with climbing. But if uh, if a climb affords you the natural opportunity to uh, to sit up and stretch, then maybe it's not it's not such a bad thing after all. So uh, to you know put a put a tidy bow on this, which I, I don't think we can. Um, I think. Uh, Aerolab did a did a great job on looking at the aerodynamic side of the equation, and the the biomechanical or ergonomic side of the equation is much much harder to quantify. It's individual, but probably the the break even speed is somewhere in the fifteen to twenty kilometer an hour range. If you're sitting up at twenty five, you're definitely giving away watts. That that that's a safe bet. Um, and if you're climbing, you know, in arrow and struggling at, at seven kilometers an hour, then you're probably, you know, up a massive grade. You're, you're, you can probably safely sit up at that, uh, at that speed. So, uh, hope that helps. And of course, thank you to Bertrand for, uh, for asking the question. If you guys have questions, please do send them in because we like questions. We actually just got another one from another user, which I'm not prepared to answer, but, uh, we'll, we'll save it for another show. There are two more things I want to talk about. The first one, uh, I'll be very brief, and this was uh, a show or an episode I heard on the Cycling Tips Nerd Alert podcast. 
I forget which one it was. It was one of the recent ones, but I'll link to it. Um, and it was all about right to repair and its role in cycling and how it's becoming uh, a bigger, um, you know, it's it's playing a bigger role in this in the cycling ecosystem, partially because due to the, uh, you know, the pandemic and the logistical snafu and production problems that, ha that have resulted from it, um, parts are hard to come by. And um, all sorts of folks are becoming more and more interested in repairing rather than chucking and buying new. Um, and this is something that to me really, really does speak, uh, you know, well, speaks to me. And uh, we actually did a, a bit of an episode on this with Andrew when he was still with Four Eyes when we were talking about their uh, buyback program for cranks, which sort which neatly dovetails into my philosophy on, on repairing and reusing. Um, and uh, recently, you know, friend of the show, friend of me personally, uh, Pierre Facompre of Look sent me a couple of um, uh, pedal parts that hopefully I'll be able to use to repair um, an old but uh, and sadly not currently non-functional, but hopefully soon to be functional uh, pair of Look pedals. Uh, and that kind of stuff really makes me happy because not only does it mean I don't have to spend more money, but also it means that I'm not throwing out uh, an otherwise perfectly functional piece of equipment. Um, the uh, Nerd Alert guys, if by any chance you do listen to this show, uh, we'd love to have you on for a, uh, for a conversation about Right to Repair because I think it's, it's super duper cool. Uh, and finally, just something that I came across on uh, Ray Maker's blog. Uh, I think one of us. This was one of the more recent posts, and this was um, an interesting technology uh, that aims to uh, police drafting in draft illegal triathlon a little bit better. And this is uh, a company out of New Zealand, I believe, called Race Ranger, which has uh, a product that takes the form of a couple of pods that sit on your bike uh, and they communicate to each other and then communicate with officials and basically give both the officials and the athletes feedback on when they are in the draft zone. Um, they can notify the uh, athletes of penalties to be served. And it's a it's a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool device and pretty cool ecosystem. Um, the only thing that offends me about it, and this is just being really persnickety, I, I admit, is the fact that it's 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 profoundly unaerodynamic, uh, and one of the two pods, one of them sits on your, you know, sits behind your seat post, which we can probably, you know, uh, kind of close our eyes about. The other one sits on your, at least as I saw in the article, and maybe this will change, but probably won't because because of some ergonomic uh, concerns. Um, it sits on a fork blade um, and it's uh, it's like a round disc. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's not a, not a very slippery shape right on that beautiful aerodynamic fork blade, uh, but I'm sure that I can get over it. And of course, the point that they're making is that everyone would have to wear one of these things on their forks and uh, then everyone gets equally uh, disadvantaged, which, you know, in, in, in the interest of fairness makes a lot of sense. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm really excited to, to, to see some of this stuff coming out because drafting is definitely a problem in triathlon. Uh, it, is, it is sometimes blatant uh, and we've all who have been, you know, in the sport long enough have seen it and have been annoyed by it. Hopefully we're not the, the people that are doing it. It's it's a real advantage and because it's illegal, it is straight up cheating. Um, so if this technology helps us all play fair, then, uh, you know, it gets uh, it gets my thumbs up.
So that'll do it for me today. Just a real short one for you folks. Um, next week, we'll have a full-length show, as I mentioned earlier on. Uh, if you got questions, send them over to me. If you like the show, give us a rating and a review on iTunes, uh, and uh, that helps us spread the word. Better still, tell a friend. We had um, a friend of mine who listens to the show uh, just used one of our episodes to answer one of his friend's questions about... Uh, running injury. It was something that uh, this individual was wondering about and my friend Sean, who I run with, a great trail runner, um, recommended one of our episodes uh, by way of answering the question for this individual about his running injury and this was an episode we did with Brody Sharp some time ago um, and uh, you know this person checked it out loved it and um, you know hopefully we were able to uh, to answer some of his questions so if you have questions this is what we're here for I mean we're here to talk to smart people but also to uh, help folks like yourselves out um, so if you got a question ask it uh, and if you heard an episode that answered one of your questions and perhaps one of your friends has a similar question, then, uh, you know, pass it on. Thanks, everyone. We'll talk soon.